Hello and welcome to the Shock Your Potential podcast. I am your host, Michael Sherlock. Each one of us holds great potential, and tapping into that potential is my passion and my mission. Shock Your Potential is a global leadership training company dedicated to creating positive, productive, and profitable workplaces. We develop, nurture, train, and guide leaders at all levels and at all points in their career. Through this podcast, I get to interview amazing leaders who are shocking their own potential and the potential of those around them. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com and shockyourpotentialpodcast.com. And don't forget to check out my two best-selling books, Tell Me More, How to Ask the Right Questions and Get the Most Out of Your Employees, and Sales Mixology, Why the Most Potent Sales and Customer Experiences Follow a Recipe for Success. Join us now as we meet another great guest. And don't forget, subscribe, rate, and like us today. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Shock Your Potential, where we are working this month to make sure we can all leave 2020 behind us and move on with a fresh mindset for the new year, no matter what's in store. And my next guest is going to definitely help us with tips on making sure that we are getting our financial house in order, but not just about the finances. We're going to talk a little bit about a really unique background. So Veronica Sagastimi, I hope I got that right. I at you least, got it. Like, oh, good. Thank God. You got it. I screw up everybody's. I, you know, I have somebody named John Smith. I screw that one up. <laughs> so, here's a couple of her highlights. She's an ex-corporate CFO turned content marketing strategist. Now, <laughs> follow that one. She has a passion for helping accounting, bookkeeping, and tax business owners create content to increase their visibility on social media and grow their business online. And this is a really important topic because a lot of times people who deal with numbers aren't necessarily thinking from the creative standpoint, and yet there's so much content that can add so much value to people and raise their awareness. So she spent about 20 years in the corporate world in accounting and finance executive in Silicon Valley and San Francisco Bay Area. And in uh, 20, uh, I don't know, two, 2011, somewhere in there, yeah. at some point in time, she... <laughs> I didn't have that number on there. She faced a personal life event, which made her make the bold decision to turn that uh, corner office into an office in her own home. And that's not an easy decision to make. So she left that CFO position, started her own consulting practice and works with startup companies as probably some existing as well to help them understand and manage their business content. So joining me today is Veronica. Thank you so much for being on our show. Hi, Michael. I'm so excited to be here. And like having this conversation is, I think it's due. It's great timing. It is. It's always important. And I think, you know, not only are financial, you know, companies that help businesses and individuals with their finances are so important, but like I said in in kind of the intro, they often don't know how to market themselves or, you know, how to really stand out against their competition. So I'm really curious about that. But before we dive into that, or maybe a part of it, you know, tell us a little Mm -hmm. bit more about yourself, your business, and how you help your clients to shock their potential. I'd love to. So like many people, I think I just started with the traditional route of going to college, getting a job in corporate and starting my climb up that corporate ladder as I'm a very ambitious person, always have been since I was a kid. And being here in the Silicon Valley in San Francisco Bay Area, I found myself gravitating towards those startup companies. And those, that environment is fast 
Um, it's, it's fast and furious is what I call it because you have to, as we say in the, in the Valley, you have to fail fast and fail often, which, you know, that in itself is a great training ground for what came later in my business. But I found mm -hmm. myself climbing that corporate ladder very quickly and did a lot of those things that we do in the Silicon Valley, which is we take companies public, we merge, we acquire, we have to do a lot of decisions, implementations, and we have to pivot and then some. So that career really trained me for what was to come, but I just thought I was going to have a corporate career my entire um, business career, but that wasn't the case. I think that um, we all reach some moment in our career where we have to make certain decisions. And for me, it was towards the end or the middle of 2010 when my grandmother, who was my original life coach, my is, she's the person that mm. I give credit to, the person that I am. She raised me and with the sense of humor and the work ethic that I continue to have myself, she broke her ankle. And mm. she lived on her own at the time. She was in, I think, around 90, 91 years old, still lived wow. on her own in San Francisco. And anyone who knows anything about the San Francisco houses, they know they, there's 10,000 steps to get to the front yes. door. Yes. So very know, so steep ones. Very steep ones. And I can still see her, you know, sweeping, sweeping the stairs, you know, almost every single day. But she broke her ankle and that required her to go through surgery and get physical therapy. And I, I, I was very close to her. So my family and I all regrouped, kind of said, who's going to do what when we, do, we all took shifts. But for mm -hmm. me, being in a CFO position, I had the pivotal corner office in San Francisco with, you know, the, the right there by Union Square with an incredible team and a great compensation package. And with all of that comes a lot of perks, but it comes, there comes a lot of responsibilities, mm -hmm. which um, with that comes a lot of long days, mm -hmm. long nights, weekends, holidays, your personal life takes a back seat as it had for many, many years. And I found myself constantly feeling guilty because when I was at work, I wasn't with my grandmother. When I was with my grandmother, I wasn't for my, there for my team. I mm -hmm. started to, and then when I would show up to my own home, there was nothing left. So that constant um, struggle of not being there for anybody, not showing as the best version of myself for anyone, let alone for myself. That's what led me to then really think about, I'm going to regret not being there for my grandmother. Hmm. Now I'm, I'm going to regret putting work and deadlines and another meeting ahead of being there for her physical therapy, for, for her spirit, for her, you know, for everything. Even though I had other family members that were part of that, I'm the I was the closest one to her in my eyes anyway. I'm sure everybody else felt the same way. We won't tell them that. <laughs> and she would always tell each one of us, you're my favorite. But we did have a very special bond, you know. So, oh, I love that. Um, and also to translate for her, you know, and to help my family out with the doctor's meetings and all of that. But, you know, it was a hard decision to even think about leaving my corporate job. A, a high-paying, uh, lucrative, C-level position to do what? And that's when I started thinking, well, I've helped all these companies reach all of these different levels of success. Why can't I do that for myself? Or why couldn't mm -hmm. I start? And I start, that's when I started thinking, why can't I just start think, uh, opening up like a consulting business and helping other companies leverage my expertise in all these different areas? And I went from saying, why can't I? Why couldn't I? To, of course, I can. I am. I will. Why I'm doing am I not? It. 
Why am I not? I love yeah. that. Why am I not? And then started to think about my network. So between my experience and my network is really what helped me to make the decision because I needed that flexibility. You know, it's, we know, Michael, that starting a business, it's not easy. It no. does take time. It's a huge commitment, but it allows us to have that flexibility that we sometimes need in order to take care of a loved one or to yes. be more present in other areas of our life than our career in a job. So that's where I went and made the transition to start my consulting practice 10 years ago. That's always been by referral and word of mouth. I've always had clients in my consulting, my CFO consulting practice, still working with C, uh, C, um, Silicon Valley startup companies or other existing ones that are going through a merger or an acquisition. But in 2016, I expanded online because I saw this opportunity to be able to have a greater reach and a deeper impact with a totally oh, yeah. different audience, right? I mean, right. We, this online business, right? We can reach so many more people. And I, I, like many entrepreneurs, we start out really wide thinking, I can help everybody. <laughs> I can help everybody who needs my help. And yes. through a few iterations later, realize I can I like this group of people, which is my, my background in accounting and taxes and bookkeeping and financial, any kind of financial services, where I became really good at content marketing, content strategy, just translating some of that messaging so that they can also expand their business online. And so while I still have my consulting practice serving companies, my corporate clients with CFO practice, uh, services, I now have this totally different audience that is still in the accounting and finance world but who need my help to grow in this online space like I did five years ago. Yeah. So that brings Gosh, us from so CFO to content creator or content wow. strategist. <laughs> I mean, it's such a journey. And I love, I just really want to take a moment and just highlight you saying my grandma, who was my original life coach. That's such a beautiful statement. And it says so much, not just about her, but about you and her valuing her. And that is absolutely incredible. I don't think we all stop enough um, to recognize those people that really make us who we are. Thank you for saying that. I, I love being able to pay tribute to her and in how I conduct myself and how I share her memory and how I you know just continue to share how she impacted my life and my decisions. Yeah. And it reminded me there's, you know, uh, when I was in the corporate world too, there were um, three distinct times that I remember um, hitting that point where I knew there was not just a blurred line between my work and my per personal life. There was no line. It wasn't mm -hmm. even shady. It wasn't even just a whatever, because I couldn't, I couldn't separate and I couldn't get enough out of my work. So there was just never enough for me in my, mm. you know, in my personal life. And each time, you know, they happened to, you know, one in my twenties, one in my thirties, one in my forties. And each one of those, I remember thinking, I'll never do this again. And then I do it again. And, <laughs> mm -hmm. and after the last one, I'm like, I'm not ever going to say I'll never do it again. Now I'm going to make sure that my partner is watching me so that mm -hmm. when I don't see the signs that somebody else says, hey, you're crossing a line here. Mm -hmm. You need to make sure to have balance. And, and that's really helped me to keep on the straight and narrow with it. So smart to ask the help of somebody who knows you well and who's close to you and that you will respect when they say, well, I got to pull you back in. You're, yeah. you're going down that path that doesn't serve you. So I, yeah. I have a similar situation with my partner as well. And he's, he's been good about that in a very gentle way saying, let's not repeat. Do you remember? 
Do you remember the eye twitch that you developed <laughs> that you couldn't oh. control? <laughs> oh yeah, for me it was chest pain. And after, and uh, you know, the second time, yeah, and I, the second time that it happened, I ended up in the ER um, because when I called my doctor, I'm like, you know what, I had those chest pains before, and it was stress related, <laughs> and and uh, you did the EKG, and it was all good, but you told me it was, you know, stress, and he goes, yeah, and I said, yeah, my left arm's numb now. And he's like, get to the emergency right now. <laughs> Oh my sure gosh. Enough, it was still the same thing, but my stress mm -hmm. was so um, intense that it inflamed the, um, my chest cavity. And so then that put pressure on. And so then it started to restrict blood flow. So it wasn't a heart attack, but it gave all the symptoms of it. And he's oh like, my God, I know he's like, you're heading for it. So it's almost like a pre, like a preview. Yes. So I only did, did those twice and I don't have, but now, now I've got yoga dog in my life and yoga dog reminds me. <laughs> Sometimes you just have to breathe. <laughs> the most implicit it... things that we do every single day is like, take a breath. <sighs> but I love how you um, also made the transition. And, I, and thank you too for sharing your thought process of going, you know, can I do this? Can I, should I do this? Whatever to, I can do this. And, and, you know, why not do this? I should do this. Because I think there's a lot of people that are on that you know, either on the entrepreneurial journey who are still holding themselves back at some level or, mm -hmm. um, and I do that every once in a while too. There's certain things that I'll go, oh, I don't know if it's time for that. And then I'm like, come on, Sherlock, push it over the edge, you know? <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you know, I'm in bad shape when I call myself Sherlock. But, um, <laughs> but then there's other people who are thinking about it going, I really, you know, is this the time? Is this the place of the world? And, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, I mean, everybody's got to answer that own decision for themselves. But I think it's really great to realize that every entrepreneur has had that moment where they've, mm -hmm. at least once, most of many times where you're going, mm -hmm. uh, is this really a good idea? And sometimes mm -hmm. it is, and sometimes it isn't. <laughs> mm -hmm. You got to listen yeah. to the voice, just not all the time. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. I agree. But when, with your clients, then when you, um, you know, work with them to understand how content marketing will help them, you know, what are some of their first reactions? Not, a, not even understanding what content is. And so I have to change it. It depends. You know, I can quickly read the, the person. It's like I have to then maybe change the word content to messaging, um, mm -hmm. information, uh, the, what's the transformation? What is the helpful? What, it, what is it that you're going to solve? What problem? So I'm constantly having to adjust that word content for whoever I'm speaking with because they don't always, if you're in the brick and mortar or like it, uh, client facing business, you, you don't live in this online world where we're constantly bombarded with, you got to create content, content strategy, content marketing. They, that doesn't exist in their world, especially if they're running a business somebody else is maybe taking care of advertising, let's say. Right, so they're not right. even thinking about, what do you mean I have to develop content? What, yeah. what is that? So yeah, they, their first reaction is, I have to educate them on what that is. And it's so different today. I remember when I was first in business long ago, you know, there, there was content marketing, you know, you wrote a newsletter or you wrote for mm -hmm. other people's newsletters or, you know, you mm -hmm. did media interviews and those types of things. Mm -hmm. But now there's such a plethora. And one of the things that I did really, really well, you know, with my business early on was 
what content I put in on LinkedIn and how I, you know, really work that. In the last few months, I got away from what was really working because I was trying something new and it mm-hmm. totally has not worked. So, you know, now I'm prepping to go back to what I knew work, but still, you know, be flexible and, and try new things because mm-hmm. I think it's important to still try new things. I didn't lose Absolutely. any of my 18,000 followers. I just didn't get as much engagement for the last few months. Mm-hmm. So, you mm-hmm. know, I want to get them engaged again. So it's, it's about being flexible, but you don't always know how to do do it if you're if that's not your background or you're not your exactly you know, not your wheelhouse exactly exactly what kind of successes do they get with you so one of the things like they don't even know about engagement so or like let's say i love taking the before and after of saying okay this is the kind of content you've been sharing for example i'm just going to say in the accounting world they'll change they'll share a lot of like this new publication came out this new rule came out um, you know, call us for, for book your, your appointment. Oh my God. I'm like, I'm falling asleep just talking about it right now. Right. So they don't even know the structure of how to get, you know, uh, create and publish different kind of content that will get that whole no like, and trust factor, get them to right. know you and have a call to action. Everything is a dead end. So the very first thing is like not having a dead end. So the, the, it's a tiered thing, right? We have to go slowly too, because if I give them too much too soon, right, it's, it's overwhelming. Oh, and yeah. so it's a matter of uh, introduce them to maybe a little bit of a different framework to we go back and repurpose some of their content that they've had. And I'm constantly asking them for case studies or somebody, a client that you helped, or just give me something so that we can say, this is how you help them with this new policy that came out and how much you saved them. And are you, have you, do you think you've lost money or do you think you've left money on the table? It's just like a simple strategy of giving them a little bit of a win. So they'll be more, more open to trying the next thing. And the next thing I'm like, I don't even introduce video for <laughs> and sometimes never. <laughs> and sometimes, and sometimes never, because some not everybody can do it. Um, that's true. But I have tips for that too. But you know, that's the the thing. The what the success that they see is to a see how they can rework the existing content that they do have. Then B is to start getting some engagement, even from their existing um, uh, following that they never got engagement before. And the third one, have having fun with it, where they're like, oh. Yeah. You know, you start to actually talk to people or you get a message in your, your direct messages in LinkedIn or somewhere else that you're showing up, but with them, it's mostly LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's such a great, um, it's such a great platform. Um, I, I work with people as well in kind of career coaching. And, you know, one of the things I talk about is the fact that, you know, whether it's today and I'm looking at you as a podcast guest or, you know, a potential client, um, I'm going to check you out on LinkedIn. Same Mm -hmm. thing when I was managing 500 people. If you're going to apply for a job, I'm going to check you out on LinkedIn. And if you are not doing anything, well, first of all, we know the rules. If you don't have at least 500 Mm -hmm. connections and you're just Mm -hmm. using it as a placeholder for your resume, Mm -hmm. but if you Mm -hmm. haven't liked or commented or posted anything Mm -hmm. yourself, then I know you don't make use of this tool that is so important Mm -hmm. Um, to have good business networking in a completely different way. And businesses do need to be there and they need to live there. We've been really playing with my, with our business uh, LinkedIn page. And we Mm -hmm. found something that we don't have a ton of engagement on it yet, but they've Mm -hmm. been really fun because they're kind of unique to us. And as we're playing with them and starting to get more and more engagement, it's knowing it's different. It makes you stand out. 
but it still can convey your core message. So we've been doing all these quirky things. So every day of the week we have whatever day it is. So if it's national hot dog awareness day, you know, whatever it's national wear red shoes days, you know, we put, we have a fun picture and we have a little blurb about, you know, as you celebrate today, you know, like we had one on, um, on, uh, on two, wear two different shoes days. And so those shoes that you were talking about before we started taping, I actually have those shoes in yellow and burgundy. Oh. So I put one of each on. <laughs> I took a picture. Perfect. Like, there yes. yes. It, but it gets people to stop and think. And so we'd say, you know, as you decide on two shoes to, to do, to wear today, remember that your choices, you know, can catch people's attention and help you to shock your potential. So we continue our message that way. I love it. Way to, way to bring something fun. That's exactly it, right? You bring something fun, something relevant right now, current and tie it into your business or your message. And there you go and continue the conversation. Just this morning, I was on, on a call with uh, somebody else. It's a colleague actually. And um, I, she's doing direct messaging right now for one of her high ticket programs. And I told her, we tested it go and leave those voice messages on LinkedIn, go and leave those voice messages on Instagram and Facebook. It's a quick second because that is such much a more personal note because it's not going to be a massive 500 person, you know, post. It's a handful of people that she definitely thinks would be a good fit for her program. It takes 10 seconds to do that. And boy, does that make you stand out from all the other white noise that's out there? I didn't even know I could leave a voice message on LinkedIn. You just taught me something Uh, brand new. You, it's all through your mobile phone. It's not available on desktop, but uh, all of those, Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. So try it. Wow. It's awesome. Yeah, because I do, I do use it on Messenger, um, mm-hmm. and, but I had not done it on that. So that's brilliant. You already, yeah. see, you already shocked my potential today. Excellent. <laughs> I love <Yay>. it. <laughs> I love it. Well, you know, our theme for the month is helping people to move out of of the mindset of 2020, understand that we still don't know what's coming, but we do know that we can symbolically, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, Mm -hmm. we can do some things that will make us feel like we're more in control and that at least make us feel like we're moving forward. So do you have any suggestions for people to help get them out of the 2020 muck mindset and into saying, all right, I'm ready for what's coming in the new year? I know most of us are saying, okay, 2020, we heard you. We got it. Let's just wrap bye, it up. Bye. Start over. <laughs> Reset. I know, uncle, uncle. <laughs> you know, but I, I do, I, I go back to my whole goal setting, but with a little bit of a twist, you know, and, and with goal setting also comes the mindset. I think that I know that in your podcast, you do, you talk about mindset as, as well in entrepreneurial, mm-hmm. in our entrepreneurial journey, the mindset issue comes up over and over again, whether you, then what is it? New level, new devil, it's going to come up over and over again. And it's a matter of us having the right tools in order to know that it's a moment and we have the tools to get through it and get to the other side. And I think 2020 is going to be like that, where it's like going to be, what did we learn? How can we apply what we've learned? We have a choice of whether we see the defeat or the opportunity. Mm-hmm. And that goes into my, my goal setting strategy, which is all about, um, I mean, I, I call it my goal setting strategy, but it's just like everybody else. We have five goals, but we, mm-hmm. we start looking at it a little differently as we leave 2020 behind and get ready for 2021. As we go through these goal settings, we have to leave room for flexibility because mm-hmm. we are going to see other bumps. There's going to be challenges. But if this year has taught me, I'm sure if many others, is that we are resilient we have to be able to look at a situation, see the challenge, 
go look at the opportunity, pivot, assess, and keep moving forward. Keep taking mm-hmm. action. And we go, I go back to saying that imperfect action, like, you know, so it's so embedded in me from my Silicon Valley days of fail fast, fail yeah. often, because that's what we do, right? We, we test something, we roll it out, we tweak it, we roll it out again. We're constantly testing new things. We're constantly implementing, rolling out, getting feedback, see what works, what doesn't. And in this environment, the goal setting becomes an issue. And so I say, be specific with your goal. Mm-hmm. No matter how, you, 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 we can all say, oh, we, can, we want to start a new, I want to start a new business. What kind of business? <laughs> what are you going yeah. to offer? How much are you going to charge? Even if it's not going to be your, your ultimate offer, just start somewhere and make it specific. The number two to the goal setting would be to make it measurable. We always talk about that, right? But be realistic mm-hmm. with the measurements that you're going to have so that then you can assess and pivot as you need to. Again, going back to getting having that flexibility in order for you to go with the flow because we don't know what's coming. I mean, this year has been yep. one, uh, the 2020's greatest hit. So we, what's, I don't even want to say what's next. It just keeps like, you know, over and over again. So I'm ready to do that reset button. And so with that being like, uh, with the making it measurable comes with having a deadline, make it time sensitive so that you can have a finish line so that you can then truly measure, right? Did I achieve my goal? Where do I need to reassess so that you can then start over for the next phase of that goal? Um, I mean, as a content strategist, I'm constantly doing that. I always think it's like a fashion line, right? I'm not going to be designing my winter line in October. It's too late. So I'm going to be looking ahead, what's going to be coming up? What would I like to do so that I can back engineer into creating content that's going to lead to that end goal. And so set your goal with that finish line in mind. And again, it doesn't have to be like within the next six months, have it be shorter so that you can celebrate a win. Get some wins. Yeah. Get some wins because that's going to make you feel more confident and get that momentum going so that you can have that energy to sustain you to get to the other side. Um, I'm like... I wasn't going to say this one, but I think I, I'm going to. I changed my mind. <laughs> set, set your own goals. Right now, there are probably people in your life that are going to be telling you, you should do this. You're so good at that. Maybe you should try that. Or you're listening to um, a master class or you're reading a book and you start to doubt what you want to set for yourself. So mm-hmm. setting your own goal is so important because when you set somebody else's goals, it doesn't, it doesn't work. You're, you're living, you're trying to implement and execute somebody else's vision for you, for yourself. And that's just, Mm -hmm. and the last thing with the goal setting is, listen, I'm old school, put pen to paper. There's just something magical that happens, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm taking notes. It's just so magical when you write it in your own penmanship and Mm -hmm. there it is staring back at you in your own handwriting. Yeah, you can put it in. I use Asana as my project management system and to outline the project, the goal, and all the micro steps that I'm going to take so that I can have momentum. But in the beginning, my goals, it starts with my notebook and my handwriting and having that black and you know, blue ink staring back at me to, I think it's just really powerful. So goal setting. I agree. Yep. That's uh, everybody that follows me knows that I'm constantly with a notebook. And uh, it's, it's all, it's might be my journaling. It might be my reflections. It's notes, it's ideas. All those. Mine too. Yeah, exactly. And it's really powerful. And, and when I'm done with it, I go back and I look through each page and Mm -hmm. if things are done or I, you know, whatever I cross, I make an X. If they do the exact same thing. 
do you? Boom. And yes. if they're not, um, I tab the page and see what, you know, what I need. And until every page is open and crossed out, that is still an active notebook. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I'm usually yeah. only one behind. I I wonder if that's something that we learned in our corporate background, because I do the exact same thing. And if it's not done, I'm like, I decide, do I need to bring it over or can I let it go? Right. Right, Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yep. Exactly. Same thing. And if I let it go, I cross it out Mm -hmm. and I don't even think about Mm -hmm. it. And it's on my, Mm -hmm. you know, I've got, I don't know, five or six back there just from this year. And then at the end of the year, they'll go away. So if they don't have anything still active in it, they go into a box. I don't, some, I don't really throw them away. Probably should yeah. throw them away. <laughs> I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to throw them away. Someday, I don't know. I, someday yeah. my great great grandchildren <laughs> will open them up and they will reflect on my brilliance. And they'll go, Didn't anybody I teach great 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 grandma how to read or write? Because man, she has terrible handwriting. I was just gonna say they're gonna say, I can't read her writing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Um, there was something oh, that you said. I was taking so many notes that um, I really wanted to highlight on. Oh, goodness. There's so many good things. Um, I do absolutely. Oh, when you said um, new level, new devil. I like that. I never, I have not heard that before, but that really makes new sense because every time you reach the new level, there's always new challenges. You mm-hmm. got to be ready for them. Yeah. But when you said, you know, what did we learn? What did we apply? And I was thinking about, you know, one of the biggest le- lessons that I'm very thankful for this year I was not thankful for it at the time. In fact, there's sometimes I'm still not thankful for it, but I'm trying to remind myself how thankful is, uh, you know, with my business, I was so focused on speaking and training. So 95% of my business income came from me getting on an airplane and flying somewhere to train somebody in person or speak at a conference or whatever. And so obviously that changed. And so it changed, but for the longest time, I had said, I'm going to get an app. I'm going to make an app and I'm going to have a lot of my trainings on the app. I'm going to build a YouTube, you know, following. I'm going to do all these things, but they all came second fiddle to me continuing to get on airplanes. And so the world gave me a big, you know, lesson like all of us. I mean, we all got our own lessons, um, Mm -hmm. but it really reminded me that the, the need to, um, kind of what if proof your business? Mm -hmm. What if, what if I couldn't get on an airplane? What if it wasn't a pandemic? What if I broke my leg? You know, Mm -hmm. what if I, you know, had something else? What if, what, how could I have better what if my business and what do I need to do to make sure I can continue to what if my business for the future? I love that. What if proof your business? It's so true. What if this happens? It's a good name of a book. It is. You know, you're a writer. Go, go reserve that. <laughs> I'm going to go, as soon as we're done, go to whatifyourbusiness.com. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's this, this year has, again, that is an opportunity, isn't it? It is yeah. a blessing and it is an, op- an opportunity that how you, how we choose to look at something matters. Going yes. back to the mindset issue too. Yeah. Doesn't mean it doesn't, doesn't suck, but you know. No, no. Still it just means it's how, do, how are we going to look at it and, and show up and, and deal with it. Absolutely. Veronica, you've shared such fantastic information. I know we'll have all of your contact information on our show notes, but in case somebody wants to look you up right now, what's the best way for them to find you? My home base is my, my website, veronicasagastumi.com. There I have my resources that people can go through and grab and my blog and my, all my social media handles and I'm constantly updating things. So that's my, that's my home base is my, my website. Beautiful. And before we go, do you have any last words of wisdom or pearls of advice for my listeners and viewers? (laughs) I find myself giving this pep talk quite a bit. um, And it's the, don't stay in that 
world of just feeling discouraged. You know, there's a lot of things going on and it doesn't mean that it's ever going to stop. There's other things that are going to happen next month, next year. And so it's easy. It would be easy for us to stay in that realm of feeling defeated or down or low. I say, don't get discouraged. You know, life happens and we will have those speed bumps that slow us down or those roadblocks that sometimes feels like you've got to make these drastic decisions. But if you can just keep your eye on the long game, stay the course, you may get derailed, but if you continue to show up, take action, and we say, okay, we have a new challenge, rise up to the challenge, meet it, and see it as an opportunity for you to show up in a different way and maybe learn something that you wouldn't have learned before, like you just shared with us, Michael, you know? So that's what I would say. It's like, don't stay in the discouraged uh, realm. Reach out for your friends, for a community, read a book, listen to an audio book, or listen to an, a podcast like this one where you're going to find words of encouragement or maybe a tip or a strategy that you hadn't thought about implementing that will get you out of that funk stage. So, yeah. I love it. it. Thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure having you on, on our podcast today, and I am so glad that we are connected. Thank you, Michael. I feel the same way, and I will see you in LinkedIn. Yay. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Shock Your Potential. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and like our podcast. And for more information, find us at shockyourpotential.com and shockyourpotentialpodcast.com.